What's going on, everybody? This is the Sales Cast Podcast with myself, Max Sakevich, and my co-host, Jed Marl. I think for today's topic, Jed had a little thing in mind for how to get promoted to either an AE or a sales manager from an SDR role. Jed, you want to kind of kick us off with what you had on your mind and then we can roll from there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it'd be really valuable to talk about uh, what it takes for an SDR to get promoted to either account executive or uh, SDR manager team lead. Um, Max, I know you've gone the SDR straight to AE route. I went to from SDR to team lead. Um, so I'll throw it on you first. Like, what do you think were the maybe top three things that helped you get promoted from SDR to AE? Or if you're talking to an SDR, what's the advice you'd give them uh, on the things that they can control to get promoted to account executive? Yeah, I think <clears throat> for me, like the first thing that pops into my head, and this is also me speaking from like a manager role now too. And I didn't yeah. realize at the time, this is how I was, but it just turned out to like be beneficial for me. But like the number one thing for me is just being low maintenance. Like if I'm always complaining, and I'm not performing, and I always have a problem with something, odds are like the AE managers aren't going to want me on their team. Even if I'm a really good rep and all I do is cause problems for my manager or my like teammates, it's just not going to be a good look. <clears throat> so when I was an SDR, I almost never complained about anything. Like I didn't really care. Like if my dialer wasn't working one day on sales off, like I, I didn't care. I would just figure out how to fix it or I'd make calls on my yeah. phone. Like if email, if my email got locked out, I wouldn't go and bitch about it. I'd figure out a way to fix it on my own. And then like another thing that I would do is like if I did notice like there was a problem with our cadences or I didn't like our messaging or um, I thought our scripts were bad, I wouldn't like go to my manager and be like, hey, this stuff sucks, like fix it. I would go to them and be like, hey, like these are some scripts or hey, these are some like emails that I would send out. Like, can we work on this together? And like, you can kind of give me my feedback and see if it's something that that like we could do. Um, so yeah. it's not like me going to my manager with a problem and just asking them to fix it for me. I would go to my manager with a problem as well as a solution. And then I just would never bitch about stuff. Like I would bitch about something if it was like super serious, like the company messed up my paycheck a couple of times. And then at that point I'm like, Hey, this needs to get fixed. Yeah. Um, but I generally wouldn't complain about, about much. I even in my head, if I wanted to, and this is just something that I do naturally, I always try to either like fix it with a colleague of mine or fix it on my own. Or, you know, like look it up online and see how I can do better without having to go <clears throat> to my manager and fix something. I think the number one thing is just being low maintenance, because if you're yeah. like a mid-tier performer, but you never cause problems ever for anybody and you're only helpful, odds are that people are going to want to promote you and you'll be looked on in a little bit better of a light. So if you're a really good performer and you're really low maintenance, like you're 100% are going to get promoted ahead of everybody else. Like, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like that's the way yeah. thing that I would think about. I don't know what, what kind of things, like piece of advice you would have. Though. Yeah, no, that's a big one because it's completely in your control. Right. And um, another big thing, too, is like your internal brand as well. Like if you want to get promoted, like make sure you have an actual relationship and you're proactive and reaching out to the AE manager who's going to be your future boss. You have to figure out what do they care about? What are they looking for? And be the one who's proactive and reaching out that relationship. Um, obviously being low maintenance is a huge way to have that internal brand, but if you're not reaching out to them, talking about what they're looking for, cause you know, you'll be working for them. So straight up ask them like, Hey, what are you missing for in your AE team? What are you looking for when hiring AEs? What can I do to actually stand out? Um, that's one of the biggest things, like just literally having a relationship with that AE manager. Um, I don't know. Is that something you ever did when you were an SDR? Yeah, I mean, I think I always had a, <clears throat> at least of like a cordial relationship with the yeah. AE manager at the time. I wouldn't say like I was super close to them, but they definitely knew who I was. Like I was always in the office. Now it's all yeah. these days, but I was always in the office early, like always just trying to make calls in front of them so they could hear like that I was actually good on the phone. I was confident. 
Um, but one thing that I also used to do, <clears throat> and I had a really close relationship with the AE that I worked with, and I was a little bit biased. I would give most of my meetings to that person. <laughs> Not, like Now from a manager standpoint, that would piss me off if I saw an SDR doing it, but that's just what I did at the time. Um, but I always like had a very preferential view of what does my AE actually care about and how can I make yeah. it easiest? So whether that's anything from note-taking, anything, um, the way they like notes presented, um, even if it's a specific day of the week that AE likes the, the meeting to be booked, a specific time during the day they like the meeting to be booked. I want to know all that stuff because I know either when that my AE goes into a one-on-one -on -one with their manager or they have like a team huddle, there's a chance that they might bring up like, hey, Max did an awesome job passing these. Yeah. Notes. He did a great job. So if you guys can get ops from him, like I would recommend it because he always takes care with the notes. He takes care with when he books it. You know, he tries to get it booked as close as possible to his conversation, stuff like that. So like if your AE has a really good view of you, they're definitely going to tell other AEs and odds are that manager is going to hear about it and say, damn, you know, if he pays that much attention to detail while he's an SDR, like I would love to have him as an AE. So even if you are like a mid-tier performer, which most SDRs are, like let's be honest, like not right. every SDR is going to be the number one on the board. Like you're probably going to be middle to like that upper echelon if you're going to get promoted which is totally fine because not all SDRs are good AEs. Um, yep. Just be low maintenance and kind of like do those things. Like know what your AE cares about, like try to perform well for them. Obviously hit your quota or get close to it and just be really low maintenance. Those are like the things that I would recommend. Um, when it comes yeah. to things that you look at as a manager, what kind of stuff do you look at for your SDRs? Apart from being low maintenance and like hitting their quotas, like what are some other like intangibles that you might want them to have? that like might right. with them not being the best SDR, but they might have these other qualities that make you like recommend them. Yeah. That's the thing. Honestly, sometimes if you're like the absolute best SDR and you just crush it, that could hurt your chances of getting promoted. Cause like, they don't want to promote you. <laughs> it's like, I've seen it happen so many times. So yeah, if you're like mid tier, it almost might be better in, in a lot of senses. Um, yeah. Beyond just hitting your quota, I think some of the bigger ones as well as like, can you think like an AE? So are your discovery skills strong? Like depending on what your, your quota is based on, like if it's just meeting set or qualified meetings, you should also, even if it's not part of your quota, you should be paying attention to, like what percentage of my meetings are going to close one, like how many of them are actually closing compared to the other SDRs. And then bring that data to like your manager or the AE manager and say, hey, like, you know, even if I'm not the top performer, my deals are closing at the highest rate. And like, think about, you know, the bottom of the funnel, not just like what you're, you know, being paid on, but think about the whole perspective as an AE. Um, those are, you know, some of the big things, like are there deals actually closing? Are they moving through the stages? Um, discovery skills is another really big one too. Uh, obviously discovery skills, product knowledge, those sort of things. And those are things you can kind of just teach yourself, right? Go to the A's, try to, you know, get knowledge on the product. Um, but yeah, I think discovery skills specifically is one of the biggest things you can kind of show to get yourself promoted. Yeah, that's true. I think you made a good point about like caring about other things than the only thing that affects you. So like, yeah, as an SDR, right. commission is totally affected by how many meetings I book every month. But like a really good point that you made is like care about the bottom of the funnel. Like are your yeah. deals closing or are they not? Because at the end of the day, like an AE, like if you're booking 20 meetings a month, let's say for your AE, right. That's awesome. But if none of them are closing, that AE is just going to be like, yeah, these are garbage. I don't want them. You know, I get them down the funnel in the state in the sales cycle and then I can't close them for whatever reasons they're unqualified. They're not, not right timing or whatever. Yeah. If that consistently happens, like AEs and AE managers are going to notice that stuff because you're, kind of just passing over dead wood so it's really important like you said one like be in tune with your discovery like if you're doing really yeah. good discoveries and you've figured out a way to have positive conversations on the phone without like 
pissing them off by asking too many questions on a cold call, but doing right, the right discovery and then getting that stuff passed over and it is transitioning into real dollars in the door, that's going to make you look really good. One, because yeah. discovery is hard. It's like probably the hardest skill I'd say um, to learn. And then the second piece is you're actually adding value to the business. It looks cool from a metric standpoint to put a bunch of meetings on the board. But when your VP of sales is looking at close $1, he literally is not going to care at all about how many meetings you put on the board. He's just going to care about how much revenue came in because that's how he gets paid. So yeah. yes, it's important to be at the top of the board for meetings. But like you said, it's also super important to, uh, to take a look at like, you know, how much money you're actually winning for the business, you know, cause you had yeah. a salary too. My rule of thumb as an SDR was like every quarter, I at least want to be able to pay for my yearly salary every quarter. It might be different yeah. depending on the company you work for. You know, like if you are an enterprise SDR and you, you source one deal a quarter, it might be a little bit more difficult to do that. Um, but like, think about it like that, have some kind of goal in mind when it comes to close $1 is like, okay, do I have a really transactional, sale where deals close really quickly. Like maybe I could cover um, half of my yearly salary every single month. And that should be my goal. Like if I'm getting paid 50 K a year, I want at least 25 K of closed $1 that I sourced in every single month. And that could be a really good goal to push you. Like, yes, I have to book a bunch of meetings, but also passing over quality. Um, and then that stuff, like you said, you could take your manager and say, Hey, look, I have more closed one on a month to month basis than any of any of my peers. And that's yeah. that, that you can use to kind of defend yourself. If you, you know, don't hit quota on a certain month or miss it, you know, on back-to-back months or something like that. So I think that's a good thing to think about too. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I was kind of the same way as well. And I think there's like a sense of pride too. Like if you can look at it and say, damn, I've sourced this much revenue and my salary is this much, like you feel good. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a big thing. And from my experience as well, like if your name is attached to the biggest deals, that's a like probably the easiest way to stand out. Yeah. Um, like obviously at Panadoc, we had the sales winch channel and it's like, if you're an SDR and your name's popping up on all those deals, like everybody's going to notice you from the BPS sales down. Yep. So it's a big way to stand out. Um, one thing I wanted to act, kind of ask you about and talk about just from like a management perspective is that when you're an SDR, you kind of just have a short term in mind. Like you just want to get promoted to an AE, but like, as I've moved into management, I've seen the bigger picture where even though somebody might be ready for AE, it doesn't always make sense to promote them into that position. Like maybe there's just not an open spot. So I mean, I know for you, you were grinding for a little while to get to AE. Did you ever kind of feel like, did you ever see that perspective? Like, hey, maybe it just doesn't make sense for me to get promoted yet. Maybe I'm not ready. Um, I don't know. Did you ever feel that way? Like, um, I per- like, I definitely think that what you're saying is correct. But from like a personal level, just like to be honest, no, I never thought that. Like I would get pissed yeah. whenever someone told me I wasn't like, I couldn't be an AE, whether there wasn't a spot open or like I just wasn't ready. Like you said earlier in, in this in this podcast, like if you do too well, sometimes you're not going to want to promote you. So I was an yeah. SDR at Panadoc, obviously. We had a couple inbound SDRs. They got promoted before I did, and they had yeah. worked at Panadoc for a lesser amount of time than I did. But they got Shout promoted. Out to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. <laughs> but they got promoted before I did. And literally, my manager told me, he's like, hey, she was like, hey, we can't really promote you right now because we don't have enough SDRs to supplement what you're doing, which yeah. I think is a terrible thing to say to an SDR. Because it's just like, well, it's not my fault that I'm performing and other people aren't, or it's not my fault that you haven't gotten SDRs to scale to perform to be able to cover from my absence. And so that definitely sucks. And I definitely never, ever like thought like, oh, maybe it's not the right time or, or whatever. I'm, there's definitely some circumstances where that might be a thought. Um, from- Let me ask you this, though, about that. With those two, in- with those two inbound SDRs, maybe got promoted before you, did they last longer than you? No. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think kind of like my point is, and now that I'm managing SDRs is like, you have to help them see the bigger picture. And that like, when you're an SDR for a longer amount of time, like you're learning a very valuable skill for when you're an AE, like all the best AEs in my experience that I've seen that actually last a long time and are successful are the ones that have really mastered the SDR role. So when you're an SDR and you just want to get promoted, 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 think about like the long-term effects. If you actually master that SDR job and like learn how to prospect, because I've seen a lot of people get promoted to AE way too fast and then they just don't last because they don't know how to prospect. Yeah, definitely. But, and yeah. I think, I think I got a little lucky too, because when I went from SDR to AE, I didn't fully transition over to an AE role. Like I transitioned to a hybrid role. So I still had my quota that I had to hit. And I think they mm-hmm. reduced it. It went from 20, you know, opportunities booked a month to 12. So all I had to do was book 12. And then after I booked that 12, I was able to work on deals too at the same time. And so I got a little bit lucky because I didn't really have an AE quota attached. And at least for me, my experience, some people have an easier transition. I had a really hard time going from SDR to AE for the first two to three months. I sounded terrible on calls. I was kind of nervous. Like didn't really know what I was doing. Um, didn't have like a ton of help from a manager aspect in terms of like call structure. And so I found that transition really difficult and it helped me a lot to be able to not have an AE quota. I can still have my SDR quota, which for me at the time was like relatively easy for me to hit 12. Um, and then also, you know, be able to work on those smaller deals and just not have an AE quota attached at all. And so like it helped me build up my confidence. And so I got lucky. I also kind of like forced that on them. I was like, Hey, I, really want to yeah. I was like, I don't want to <laughs> SDR anymore. Like, let me do something. Like I was just a pain in the ass kind of about it in a smart way. Like I wasn't being high maintenance, but I was just kind of like yeah. being pestering them about it. And so they let me close my own deal. So I did get a little bit lucky, but I also kind of forced that <laughs> on them a little bit. Um, so it looks like I was an SDR a lot shorter than it was, but I was really an SDR and an AE kind of at the same time. And then once I moved to a full AE, um, I just felt way more comfortable and I was able to hit quota or get within like that 90% mark, which is kind of the goal for any AEs to get within that 90 to 120% mark every yeah. single month. And it just made it a lot easier for me. So I think you're right. Like don't rush it because it is fucking hard and people think it's way easier than it actually is, but it really is fucking hard being an AE. Sometimes it sucks. Um, there's definitely months where it blows. So definitely yeah. don't rush it if you don't have to um, and be patient. Like if you're, if you're coming up on your nine months and you're like you're you're an A you're an SDR for like nine to fourteen months, like I honestly wouldn't stress. Most people don't ever get to become AEs. It's like a very small minority of SDRs. So I would just chill, get really good at your job, focus on the stuff that uh, you think is going to be necessary to to be able to have when you're an AE. But other than that, like don't stress out over it and don't be high maintenance to your SDR manager because yeah. SDR manager does not control who becomes an AE. Does not. Yeah, that's a big thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. They can give you a recommendation, but they don't control it at all. It's all up to like yeah. the director and the manager to choose who becomes an AE and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big. It's not really in their control. Um, yeah. The other thing I was going to say too is uh, I forgot what I was going to say in regards to being an SDR. Damn, I'm blanking on it now. I had something to say. I <laughs> forgot. No worries. Cool. No, that was good. Um, I think, uh, I think, I don't know anything else to say about promoting, you know, getting promoted from SDR to AE. I think we can cover kind of the management path in the next call as far as going from SDR to team leader management. Yeah. Um, Cause I think we've kind of packed a lot in for that SDR to AE path. Yeah, definitely. I got nothing else. Um, sweet. This was the Salescast podcast with myself as well as Jed. Give us a follow, but we'll cover some more career pathing on the next pod. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Thank you.